Good morning. Good morning to those of you online as well. God be with you all. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's good to be back. I hadn't been here since Pastor Tim's installation. And so it's wonderful to see all of you again here at First Santa Monica. Uh, I bring you greetings from the Presbytery of the Pacific, as my stole indicates. I'm official. <laughs> um, but seriously, just want to say we are grateful that you are one of our member churches in the Presbytery. And it's wonderful that I could be with you today in worship. So thank you. I want to say, um, first and foremost, that the lectionary passages from this week were tough. Not just in reading, but for me personally. And so the funny part is, Tim asked me to preach uh, a couple last year, and I couldn't make any of the dates. And then he sent me a bunch and said, can you preach on one of these days? And I picked one. Do you know that this was a scripture that I had been praying to God for or about um, over my own journey, over my own struggles for 12 years? And it was this day, September the 18th, that these four scriptures from the lectionary landed. So I bring you uh, Sister Pat Alston read already so wonderfully our text from Jeremiah, our Old Testament reading, and I'll read for you the New Testament text. Please join me in listening to the New Testament lesson found in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. I urge then, first of all, that petitions... Prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we might live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and people kind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Won't you pray with me? Almighty and merciful God, I ask that you speak to and through me so that your word would come forth and show us how to follow you, especially now in the midst of our sorrows, in the midst of the world's distractions. Oh God, you are our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. We ask for your divine encounter this morning as we study your word. In the wonderful name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Please continue praying with me on our topic for today. The Gospel According to the Blues. The blues, the lowercase b, typically refers to an individual state of being. The blues speaks to one being melancholic, lonesome, and plain old sad because something once loved or longed for 
is lost. The blues with a capital B, as most of you are familiar, is a genre of music born out of my heritage in the American South by Africans enslaved. Here are a couple of lines from my favorite blues songs appropriate for this hour. <laughs> born under a bad sign, I've been down since I began to crawl. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. Albert King, 1967. And this one from B.B. King. Nobody loves me but my mother, and she could be jiving too. Nobody loves me but my mother, and she could be jiving too. Now you see why I act so funny, baby, when you do the things that you do. As a young girl, I was always fascinated by the blues, capital B, because this genre of music was so different than any other music I had been exposed to. I'm a preacher's kid, so we, but we listened to Motown, we listened to all that stuff. And so it was just that I liked the blues because it didn't leave me guessing about what the writer or the singer intended to say. Because the blues is raw. The blues is gritty. The blues is unadulterated truth about a person's condition and state of being in life. No matter what's going on, set to music, the blues is the very cry of one's soul. The state of our world today gives me the blues in the worst way. All you need to do is open up your phone or news outlet and read the headlines. This week alone was enough to last us an entire year. And I'm still working to heal from the wounds of 2020, 2021, and this unrelenting year of 2022. These times give me the blues. The refugee crisis and response from this week, plus this looming pandemic, gives me the blues. Racial injustice continues and the removal and vilification of female reductive health gives me the blues. Raging wars on all continents, physical and virtual, the income gap, gun violence, unequal voting rights, discrimination of all kinds, housing and food security, all give me the blues. And so I just stopped by to tell you today that even though hardship and misery over the state of our world is pervasive, God wants to hear our souls cry. In times like these, we must remember that God is here. God is ready to shoulder our burdens, carry our sorrows, and meet us in the center of our pain. God listens as we cry out from the depths of our depression, our heartache, and sadness and offers us freedom from it all through Christ Jesus. The Old Testament passage in Jeremiah for today's lectionary is the epitome of the blues. The fundamental issue in the book of Jeremiah is whether the people will be faithful to God in the midst of a difficult environment. Jeremiah had to deal with the unfaithfulness to God of virtually all of his people for years. From kings and rulers to priests and prophets, all were unfaithful to God. 
they still on the whole came to the temple, offered sacrifices and called on the name of the Lord, but failed to acknowledge God in the way that they lived the rest of their lives. The blues in this biblical context of Jeremiah in chapter 8 is called a lament. Somebody say lament for me. Make sure you're awake back there. All right. Lamentation is an important and often underused resource by Christians today. Does anybody know what a lament is? Okay. All right. uh, Lamenting helps us to bring attention to the pain and the suffering we feel. Laments can be about yourself or about another individual. Laments can be about the community. But laments are a cry to God, pleading God to rescue us from our debilitating suffering or circumstances. Laments are like the blues where it gets to the heart of what's troubling us without editing or using proper English or flowery language. That's why I like the blues. We meet Jeremiah in chapter 8, verses 18, in the middle of his lamentation. The prophet Jeremiah speaks frankly about and holds nothing back from God, saying, you are my comforter in sorrow, but my heart is breaking. Listen, God, to the cry of my people. And verse 21 says that Jeremiah mourns because his people are crushed and horror grips him. He asks, is there no balm in Gilead? Jeremiah cries to the Lord as he suffers experiencing consequences of his people living lives outside of God's intention. Lamentation is ultimately an act of our faith. Let me say that again. Crying out to the Lord in the way, in the words that we have for ourselves to speak to God in the midst of our pain is an act of faith. It's okay to use the words that are coming from your heart to speak to God and to tell God what's on your heart. And it's an acknowledgement like that of Jeremiah's people that we may have gotten ourselves into some situations that we might not have, should have been in, um, namely idolatry for Jeremiah's people and unfaithfulness to God. Idolatry in today's terms is the devotion, glorification, admiration of someone or something that is not the Lord our God. Idolatry and unfaithfulness is at the heart of the problem with Jeremiah's people in verses 19 and 20. Most of us probably recall something of the problems of foreign gods throughout the Old Testament, praying to golden idols, that sort of thing. But remember, the first commandment in the Ten Commandments is, does anybody remember? You shall have no what? No other gods before me, the Lord says. Reading Jeremiah forces us to confront our fidelity and our faithfulness to God in our own lives today. We can easily look down the Israelite people, look down our nose at the Israelite people for worshiping wooden idols. But what, we are, what are we ourselves worshiping? What dictates our moods and our actions? 
Is it the word and the commandments of Jesus Christ? Or is it something else? Are we obsessed with the latest TikTok craze, what someone said on their Facebook post, or just the news? We can see Israel's unfaithful behavior, but what do we fail to see in our own lives? We all have fallen short. Yes, even me, in this big old robe, this stole, and this cross. Just as recently as last week, and probably today. But despite our self-serving decisions, no matter what, the good news from our New Testament passage assures us that God is merciful, God is loving, God will hear our cry no matter how we cry it out. It is God's will that we should be saved, but we must not reject Christ or his teaching. When we set God's laws aside because they keep us from doing things our own way, we depart from being and becoming who God designed and purposed us to be. When we work in such a way that we are only dependent on ourselves, and especially when we break God's laws in order to do so, when we deny God's presence in the world by doing those things, hear these other scriptures that speak to the freedom that we have in God through Jesus Christ. John 8, 31, 32, Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Psalm 118, 5, out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. Galatians 5, 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Galatians 5, one of my favorites. For you were called to freedom, sisters and brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now that's freedom. The good news we gain from our passage is this. Number one, I only have two for you today. We must share our full lament to God. Don't be afraid to tell God exactly what's on your heart. Don't be afraid. When the errors of our world and the mistakes we've made wreak havoc or situations leave us in complete sadness, give it to God. And I want you to learn from me because I didn't do that. As a person of the faith, you know, there are times when we we just recognize that things are going to be tough. Things are going to be hard. It's going to be difficult every single day making the choice to do what's right. And I recall year one, things were rough for us as a family. Year two came, it was rough, but Boulder. Three, four, five, year seven. We had, by this time we had moved across. Now my husband and I, for those of you who don't know, my husband's also a pastor in the United Methodist Church. And in the United Methodist Church, uh, people, the pastors are itinerant, so they move around, and you have to go where they send you, or else you don't have a job. We had moved 
five times across country in six years. Um, at this time, I was still working for the, at the presbytery office, and things were getting very rough for us because of uh, loss of staff. Things began to get even worse for me because my health started to fail. But I'm still walking. I'm still, okay, all right, God, we can still move along. We can still move along. But in the back of my mind, I'm angry. God, why am I having to deal with this? You told me if I followed you that all would be well. You told me, God, that if I followed you, that I would have the desires of my heart. And God, I don't have those desires. That was what was in the back of my mind, <clears throat> but I never spoke them out loud. Let's move on to year 12. I hit a brick wall. I had had surgery. I physically couldn't move. I couldn't lift a finger. I couldn't do anything but think. I, could, I couldn't even touch the, the screen of my phone. And so it was at that point when I finally said, I'm angry. And I said it out loud. <laughs> and it was at that point in my life. This was last year, y'all. It was at this point when things began to change for me. And this is a real personal story. So I just want to share with you that it wasn't until I actually gave it all. All the pain, all the hurt, all the frustration. And it was then that I got my answer to say, all will be well. It will be in time. And so I began to see, little by little, things changing, things settling. And so I'm here today to, to, to tell you, this is real. Lamentations is important for us as Christians. We have to purge. We have to filter that stuff out so that we can be the full vessel of God we can be used completely to share God's love in the world. Because all of that that I was dealing with, it was bitterness piling up. So we need to begin to look at that in our own lives. Where are we bitter? Where is it that we haven't shared God how we truly feel? And so the Pauline writer says this, all supplications, that means all requests, all concerns, all the heartaches, all our loneliness, give it to God. All the prayers of thanksgiving, the prayers of praise, the prayers of intercession for other people, give it to God. Don't hold any of it. Let it go and let God do God's work. Paul didn't want Timothy to misunderstand him, so he emphasized that all of all the types of prayers listed, every prayer needed to be made for all people. No one gets left out especially those in power, especially those in authority. Can I get an amen? This testament is saying that prayer is necessary for all of us because we are all under God's same superior and supreme authority. The inclusion of prayer for the leaders and kings is an indication of the order that all God's people are under. So First Timothy declares that God's authority over all in and of the world. So people of First Santa Monica, God wants to hear 
all our cares, all our cries. And so the question I have for you today is, are you praying? Are you petitioning the Lord? Are you on your knees giving everything and everyone to God in prayer? Even the stuff you feel like you should be doing anyway. The second and last thing that I want to share with you today is that even though these are sad and depressing times that can yield thousands of blues standards, we, when we share our full lament to God, the text says we can live a peaceful and quiet life in godliness and dignity. Stillness will come. Peace will come. And so a text analysis shows that the Greek word for peace here, or tranquility in some of the translations, is eremos. Eremos means undisturbed. It's, it's only here in First Timothy, that word. But it means undisturbed, free of needless commotion. My goodness, is this text for me. I have been seeking a life in this world where I am unshaken, unmoved, and undisturbed by the troubles of this world. I desire a life free of needless pandemonium, tumult, and commotion. The good news for us today is the promise of Jesus Christ, the promise of Christ's peace. And the great hymn of the church says, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And so, family of God, we must stand on the hope and the promise of Christ's saving love and peace for our lives. When we trust in this hope, when we rely on this promise, the storms of life will not wash us away. The winds of chaos and calamity in this world will not break us. The National Hurricane Center says this of the eye of a storm. Inside the eye of the storm is calmer weather, and sometimes the sun can be seen. And because I am a witness to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ through the difficult, long, ever-brewing storms of my own life, God kept me. God sustained me. God freed me. So in the midst of my own doubts and trials, God gave me glimpses of the sun, S-O-N, that kept me unshaken, unbroken, undisturbed, despite the hurricane's presence and attempts to wipe me out with life. And I'm not saying that it's easy to follow Christ's call, everybody. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just here to tell you it's worth it. And so I close with the words of this hymn. You have longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase. And we have earnestly, fervently prayed. But you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until all on the altar is laid. Amen.